0: Hello, this is episode 214 and it's the first of four episodes where I'll be discussing in more detail the four phases of building or renovating your family home. In this episode, I'm talking about pre-design, which is an essential stage to set the framework for your overall project journey and to ensure that you have all your ducks in a row before you dive into designing your future home, whoever you're working with. I'm also going to be sharing some exciting news about my flagship program, The Home Method. And you're going to hear from some members about their project experience as well and how they found it to work with me during their renos or new builds. Remember too, you can grab a full transcript of this episode, plus info about other helpful links and resources related to this topic as a free PDF download by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 214 and that's the numbers 214 so be sure to do that so that you can file it away and review this episode as needed. Now let's dive in. Welcome to the Get It Right podcast. I'm your host Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. With over 25 years industry experience I've worked with loads of homeowners like you to create family homes that work, feel great and that you feel great in. I'm a wife and a mum to three kids who, thanks to our own renovations, they all learned to climb ladders before they walked. And I'm a registered architect who is passionate about you feeling informed, educated and empowered as you design, build or renovate your home. Now, if you're up for some frank and open conversation about the true nitty gritty of designing, building and renovating based on professional and personal experience across hundreds and hundreds of homes, well, you're in the right place. Undercover Architect is an award-winning online business and resource that began in mid-2014 and it's all about teaching you how to create a fantastic feel-good family home, one that works for you now and into the future, one that is sustainable and affordable and that helps you live a great lifestyle both in and beyond your home. So whether you're renovating or building, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget, Consider Undercover Architect your secret ally in helping and teaching you how to get it right. Now, before we jump into this podcast episode, a quick shout out to my sponsors. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by me and my free online workshop, Your Project Plan. I actually created this online workshop because I so regularly see a lot of time and money get wasted in renovation and building projects. And this happens largely because homeowners just don't know what they're supposed to be doing next. So that makes it really easy to make missteps, to take the wrong advice, or to actually skip important parts of your project that will catch you out down the track, or worse, mean that you miss out on things that you really wanted in your home. Learn how to avoid serious and expensive mistakes, what to do next, whatever stage you're at in your project, and also access some great bonuses too by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. And that's project plan spelled P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. That's undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. Take the guesswork out of the next steps you need to take in your project journey and sign up today for free for this great online workshop. And now let's get on with the episode. Here we go. Now, a couple of episodes ago, when I talked about how to check your design drawings in episode 212, I mentioned the four phases of any project. And of course, if you've also accessed my free video workshop, Your Project Plan, I discuss the four phases in it as well and the timing of various decisions and steps and how homeowners can often get it wrong for each phase. And if you haven't grabbed that video workshop, I'd really recommend you do so. You can get it by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan, P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. Now, I just want to remind you what those four phases are quickly here, as these will be what I'm discussing on this episode and on the next three episodes. So every project, regardless of its size, its budget or its location, whoever you're working with, whatever you're doing, it needs to go through these four phases. And these phases are number one, pre-design, number two, design, number three, pre-build, and number four, build. And as I said, whoever you're working with, whatever structure you're using for your team and the way that you're running your project, it's going to need to go through these four phases. You'll have to take it through these four phases. Okay. Now this episode is going to be about pre-design and the mistakes to avoid during this phase. And I have three key mistakes that many make, and I'm going to share what they are, the damage that they can do and how you can and you should avoid them in your project. Now, even if you're past the pre-design phase, please keep listening because that way you can ensure that you've covered your bases when these mistakes are made early in your project they can rear their head much later and cause delays and drama at that point so it's important that you ensure that you've got them sorted as soon as possible now in the next episode i'll discuss the design phase then after that we'll do the pre-build phase and then for the fourth episode of this little series is the be where we cover the build phase So I really hope that you're looking forward to hearing mistakes to avoid in all of these phases, because I'm really aiming to provide you with some actionable advice that you can use to steer clear of some drama and stress in your project. So let's dive into the first phase, which is pre-design. So pre-design, it's the research and investigation phase that sets up your whole project. This is the phase where you learn what you need to know about your specific site and the rules that apply based on your council conditions and planning legislation. Because when you wanna play a game well, it's worth understanding what the rules are for that game so that you can use them to your advantage. This is also where you set the framework for your project in its budget and its overall direction. And you also figure out your overall goals for your project too. And it's when you start thinking about the team that you'll need to pull together, who you're going to need and how they're going to help you and it's an opportunity to start figuring out the various cost of those team members and how to budget for their fees pre-design is also the phase that enables you to study your site and understand its merits and its challenges so that you can approach your design with a good knowledge of how to create a site-specific response time spent in the pre-design phase is also really essential for you understanding yourself your wishes and your wants and your site, and it's essential for scoping out your whole project journey and the best way that you're going to be able to choose to move towards the home that you want to create so that you can be strategic, efficient and you can save as much time, money and stress along the way. So let's look at the mistakes that many make in their pre-design phase. Now inside my flagship program home method I have six steps to the pre-design phase and I share the various mistakes of each of those steps and also tips on how to get it right as well. So I'm in this episode I'm just going to cherry pick three commonly made ones, commonly made mistakes that'll help you here on the podcast. Now If you'd like to learn more about the pre-design phase and the steps involved, then make sure you stay tuned to the end of the episode. I've got some really exciting news about my flagship program, The Home Method, and a couple of other things that we're doing at the moment. Now, the first mistake that I see homeowners make, are you ready for it? It's not actually having a pre-design phase at all. Now you may feel that you're all over pre-design because you've been researching your project for ages, even years, and collecting all of that research and pulling all of that information together. I know that homeowners, they can spend months, they can spend years getting ready to get started on their project, but then when they decide that it's actually time to hit go, they can be like a bullet at a gate and they can want to jump straight into the design phase with both boots. A lot of the steps inside the pre-design phase, they have to happen at some point in your project, regardless of what you're doing. And all of the steps, when they're done as the first phase of your project, they will just streamline your project journey overall. Starting without this pre-design investigation and research, it can mean a few things. So it can mean that you don't find out critical information about your existing site or your existing home if you're renovating, and then the required process that your project journey needs to take. You can also miss out on finding out what fast track processes are actually available to you based on the design approach that you might choose to take or the type of project you might choose to do. You know, you may have a few ideas about what you, do, what you want to create in your future home and also some flexibility about the outcome at the end. And your pre-design phase actually gives you the opportunity to explore the best strategic direction for your project. I have found that because of the pre-design phase being done properly, it has saved homeowners tens of thousands of dollars and even hundreds of thousands of dollars. For some, it's just simply made their project much more achievable. And for others, it's meant that they've had a research and a framework uh, platform to come back to when things have got confusing and overwhelming and they've gone off track. So it's really super helpful to learn all of the steps that are involved in pre-design and to use this phase in your project to not be designing but instead to be figuring out what design approach is best for you, for your site, for your location, for your budget and for your future home. Now the second mistake that homeowners make is commencing their project and their design process from incomplete or inaccurate information. Just recently, I saw a homeowner complaining in a Facebook group that they'd worked with the designer for several months to create the design for their renovation project, and then they'd submitted it to council for their development application. And now council were coming back to uh, to them with notice that the property had a planning condition that they hadn't dealt with in their design, and now the designer was wanting an hourly fee in order to make the required amendments to the design drawings and resubmit. And people on the Facebook post were having a lot of discussion about who was at fault and who was going to be responsible for paying for the amendments. But the upshot of it all was that the project had commenced with incomplete or inaccurate information. Now, depending on the design professional that you're working with or the builder that you might have started with instead, they may have a process for securing any existing information for you. So this can include ordering the planning certificates from your council. It can also include hiring a town planning consultant to actually do a planning review of the various council conditions for your site and also how your project intentions relate to those. However, some designers, some architects, some builders, they don't do this. They work with what they can find online and they proceed regardless. Or they might tell their clients that they'll actually need to pay for some of these extra processes, such as securing some specific documents from their council or somewhere else, or getting soil tests and surveys done, for example. And then the client themselves decide that they don't wanna spend that money just yet until they have a better idea about the design. And the designer or the builder doesn't push it because they know it will come into play further down the track and they just create a fee proposal that builds in the ability to charge you extra money should that information throw up any issues at that point and that they need to then change your drawings. So they're covered whatever you choose to do. Unfortunately, that can be how some consultants work in this industry and you as the homeowner can be none the wiser if you haven't educated yourself about how the process should actually go. I also, knowing homeowners, I know that sometimes they can be super resistant to invest in the right information and processes from the start and I personally have learned the hard way very very early in my career to insist on information gathering even for some of these paid things because it is a horrible conversation to have with a client when you're months down the track of their design process. You know even if they've acted against your advice it's still a horrible conversation to tell them that the design that you've been working on all this time isn't possible and that it needs to change and they have to pay extra to make that happen because of of the information that you've secured when they finally agreed to paying for that extra information. Collecting accurate and thorough information on your existing site and on your existing home, it's a really important first step before designing and it can impact the cost of your project. You know, it may determine where you can physically build or how much you're able to extend your home. It can inform you of the required approval pathway that you'll need to take and then what that will cost and how long it will take. And it can also show you what other professionals you might need so that you can factor them in and their fees. It can literally show you if your project plans are possible or if they're not. Now, I've seen homeowners so attached to an idea about their future project that isn't based in anything realistic or accurate. And then they've worked on their design for months and months before finding that out. You know, this includes a woman who once contacted me about a two-story home that she had been working with a builder for months and months designing and she was at the pointy end of getting all of her approvals then she discovered that there was actually a one-storey height limit on her property that she'd designed this two-storey house for. Now, a change had come into the local planning legislation prior to her starting her design, but the builder hadn't made themselves aware of it. She hadn't made herself aware of it. And now she had a design that she was ready to build, but she would never get permission for. Starting with incomplete or incorrect information, it's not only a waste of your time and any money that you're spending. It is hugely demoralising to have to go back to square one. Avoid this happening by ensuring that you have all the information together that you need before diving into the design phase. And I specifically share what this information is that you need to source and what you need to actually ask for inside the home method. Now the third mistake is assuming that what the neighbour has done or the real estate agent said is correct for your project plans and what you can do to your property. Now if you've done my mini course the get started guide you'll hear me share a story about the third renovation that my husband and I did of an art deco Queenslander in Brisbane. Now this was our third project we specifically wanted to find a home in a specific area in Brisbane that we could renovate into a great family home that suited the market in that area. We'd always plan to sell it once it was done whereas the two previous projects that happened a little bit more organically than that. So In preparation for this, I made myself very familiar with the local planning laws in that area and how they varied across the different streets and sites and also the style and the age of the various homes in that area as well. And before I attended any open inspections of homes that were for sale, I'd look at the property online first and I'd have a look at the orientation of the site. And you may have heard me say this before, but I never even bother looking at properties that don't have a workable orientation. So that immediately streamlines my process of selection and you know, impacts what I actually physically go to see. Then I'd also have a look at any details that were available for the properties on the Brisbane City Council's online planning portal. Now, most councils and state planning authorities have the ability for you to search any property online and find out zoning and other restrictions that apply. Now, this Art Deco home was pre-1947, which in Brisbane City Council places some protections on the existing building. It also had overlays, which meant that the style of any future project had to meet design and material requirements that were related to the traditional character of Queenslanders and their aesthetic. Now, the owners who were selling this property, they had originally planned to demolish it and to build a brand new two storey home on the site unfortunately that was not going to be something that was easy to achieve in this area and when they personally discovered how much of a battle it was going to be they instead decided to rent the house out and they bought elsewhere and after it had been rented for a while they then put it on the market and that's where we came in. Now I remember wandering around and the real estate agent telling me all sorts of things that we could be doing with the place, giving me all sorts of ideas including partial demolition of certain parts of it. They didn't know I was an architect and he was pointing out the house down the street that had got approval to be demolished. I knew, though, that that one had gone through the Land Environment Court in order to achieve that. Now we put in an offer on the home, we had it accepted and then whilst the property was moving through its 30-day settlement period I started working on a design to renovate and extend it and it involved raising it and building in underneath and then I had a few different ideas for how we could extend the home, really making the most of the site and the northern orientation which was along the long side of the site because the site faced west to the street and east to the rear. Now I knew the council rules and regulations and I also knew that there was an option for a fast track development process, which meant that it wouldn't be advertised and it could be approved in less than a month if I stuck to certain rules. So I was aiming for that because we wanted to start planning the project as soon as possible and just also keep others' opinions out of what we were doing. Now, the day before settlement, we actually went to do a pre-settlement inspection on the property, and I discovered uh, that a neighbour had illegally commented on the site. Well, actually, they'd sent a tree lopper to do so, and they'd chopped down a line of trees that were on our side uh, along the eastern, um, along their their southern, ba- along the southern boundary of the site. So, it meant that they'd they had an upper floor deck with their living space and they would basically managed to open up all of their view and all of the Northern light, uh, to that upper floor living area and deck. But they'd also in the process completely exposed our site, all of our backyard and the back of our house that we had just bought, uh, to them overlooking straight into it. And, you know, we negotiated with them and we got compensated for the fact that they'd lopped down these trees, but the damage was done and there wasn't really a lot that you could do to grow back, you know, six and seven metre tall trees in a short space of time. So the design needed to change. And uh, so it was really about how I could use the extension to, to screen their view into our property. Now, given that I knew the rules and I had a framework in mind about what we were seeking to achieve, I was able to do that in the redesign and I created a design that maximised the north facing garden area and it had a great indoor-outdoor connection that was all on grade and then also maintained our privacy and so that's what we went ahead with building. Now, this was hugely frustrating at the time. I remember how annoyed we were. Uh, It created a great result in the end though and because I'd known the regulations and rules for myself and I'd not trusted what the agent had said or what a neighbour had done down the road I was able to pivot quickly and I created a design outcome that actually got us our council approval in two and a half weeks and I was able to revisit the framework for the project and I used that to guide the redesign and it meant that I could hit the ground running with the steps that we needed to take now that's what's possible when you do pre-design well and you know all of the steps involved in pre-design Now, if I'd trusted the agent or I'd looked around at what the neighbours were doing, we'd have ended up hitting our head against the wall with counsel trying to knock the house down or we'd ended up we would have ended up with a design that had our living and deck on the upper floor like most of the homes in that area had with no connection to the garden and everybody looking into each other's deck spaces so instead we were able to create a fantastic living kitchen dining area that all opened out onto an outdoor room and onto the garden level which is just fantastic for family living and making the most of your garden space and as someone who has lived with little ones in a house where the garden is one story away from the kitchen and and the living space it is much more convenient to be able to let them run around directly outside your living and kitchen spaces on grade and supervise them without you having to take a packed lunch downstairs and leave the house to do so. Now I've got some photographs of this renovation project of ours on the Undercover Architect website so if you want to check those photos out and see what we were able to create I'll pop a link in the resources which you can grab by going to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 214, that's the numbers 214. And you can also grab a transcript of this episode. Now, those three commonly made mistakes in the pre-design phase, let me just summarise them for you. So the first one is not even having a pre-design phase and getting yourself set up for your project well. The second is when homeowners commence their project and their design process from incomplete and inaccurate information and get themselves into loads of trouble down the track. And the third is assuming that what your neighbour has done or the real estate agent said is correct for what you want to do to your property and not understanding the specific nuances for your site, your location and your project plans. Okay, so that's my run through on pre-design. I just want to take a moment now to share. I've got three bits of news for you. Okay, so The first is this. The first is that I'm currently in the process of rebuilding the home method, which is my flagship online program. And I am super excited about it. Now, Uh, This is something I've been wanting to do since I amalgamated the two programs, which were how to get it right and manage your build, into the one program home method. And I did that about a year ago now at the time of recording this episode. It's been an interesting year though, uh, where things haven't always gone to plan. So the rebuilders just kept getting put off and put off. But finally, this is what we've been working on at UAHQ. We've been doing it for some time. I can't wait to bring this... Beautiful rebuilt version of the home method to the online course platform. Uh, it's super excited. I've personally been running online programs and teaching P- homeowners this step by step process of mine since late 2014, and it's helped so many homeowners create their family homes. And it's been it's really brilliant to be doing this rebuild because I'm able to bring all of my learnings from working with those that many homeowners uh, and seeing how you learn and seeing what benefits you and seeing the questions that you have. And bringing all of that into the rebuilt version of the home method so I can make it super, super helpful. Now, the second bit of news uh, is that to celebrate this new and improved version of the home method, which is going to be coming out towards the end of October, I'm going to be running a free online workshop in around mid-October 2021. Okay. Now, this online workshop is going to be called the four universal factors that will make or break your project. So whether you're renovating or building new and whoever you're working with, And wherever you're located, this online workshop is going to highlight the four areas that you need to know about for your whole project journey and keep front of mind as you take each step. Because when you are across these, you can significantly improve your experience and you can also create a fantastic home in the process. Now, you can get your name down for this free online workshop by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash four and that's the word F-O-U-R. Um, so be sure to do that it's going to be really perfect for you if you're just simply researching your project perhaps you've just started working with a team or you're still looking for one or you're thinking about the design of your future home um, or you're even working through the design phase at the moment make sure you uh, get your name down for this free online workshop and learn about these four universal factors so it's undercoverarchitect.com forward slash and the word for f-o-u-r now The third thing I want to mention is another project that we've been working on at UHQ for some time now. We've been super busy and that's member stories from incredible homeowners who have worked with me through my online programs. We've actually had an external company uh, that I brought in to do this because it was important to me that I got frank feedback that really shared what these members experience was and also highlighted any areas of improvement that were needed so i could take that on board for changes and improvements that we make to the online programs and i knew that if they were talking directly to me that may have made that a bit more difficult now we're going to be publishing these member stories all on the website in the not too distant future in fact we've got one up there now which you may have seen where marie who's doing a passive house she shares her story and her experience so i'll pop a link to marie's story in the resource for you if you want to check that out. Right now though I wanted to share one member's story with you here and this one's a little bit different because this member is actually a builder, a female builder, who has been a guest on the podcast back in season 10. Now, it may seem unusual that a builder would work with me through my online courses and programs. However, I do find that many professionals will do this. I've had builders and I've had architects and designers be members of my program because they want to access a step-by-step system as well as the tools and the resources that I provide from my many years of experience. And they also want to understand more about what their clients, you, who are homeowners, like you know, their clients are homeowners like you, are actually going through and needing to know as part of their project journey. So... Let me introduce Sarah to you now, and we're going to hear from her.
1: My name is Sarah Hees, and I live in East Maitland in New South Wales in Australia. So I'm a licensed builder in New South Wales. Um, I do residential projects, um, and I do co-housing projects. Um, I joined the course because I could see that clients coming to me had a lot of stumbling blocks, Um, They had a lot of expectations. Um, Some didn't have much experience in building previously. Um, People were coming to me um, with uh, problems um, that they needed solving. And I was looking for a way to direct clients through a process um, so that we could start at A and finish at Z and guide them through that. And I started following Amelia maybe, I don't know, 12 months beforehand or eight months beforehand or so. And I just thought that looks like a really solid course um, that would inform me of the issues that clients typically have. And it will also give me a good understanding of um, where they're at in terms of their knowledge um, their wishes, their wants, and and what's blocking them in moving forward. So doing Amelia's course, I was able to, um, I guess, use her system in part to guide my own clients through the build process and to look at it from the client's point of view instead of the builder's point of view um, to be able to understand both sides of the equation more.
0: Sarah was then asked about why she wanted to learn more from the client's perspective, and this was her response.
1: Um, well what I see in the residential building market where I live um, is a lot of lack of education um, with people who are embarking on a build in terms of design um, they really they have might have a whole heap of photos or a mood board an idea they think they need you know five bathrooms or five bedrooms and three bathrooms but you know, there's only two people living in the home. So it was a real disconnect between what people thought they wanted, what people probably actually need, um, how to achieve really good um, long-term sustainable design outcomes for their home, and also a big disconnect between um, the budget they had and what they wanted to build. So I found Amelia's course really takes them through a multi-step process that is um, sequential in order and really gets them thinking about what they want to achieve and also gets them to be quite realistic about how they can achieve it.
0: Now, I always love knowing where people first come across Undercover Architect and interestingly, it's often here on the podcast and that was certainly the case for Sarah too.
1: I think I was painting a ceiling somewhere one night you know, randomly. I was like, what can I listen to? And, yeah, I listened to all of Amelia's podcasts. Um, and I just really liked her approach and I applaud the work she's doing because it is so badly needed, this education program for homeowners to understand, you know, construction industry and building and design. Her her emphasis on design is critical um, given that we're facing climate change and. You know, we've got all sorts of issues with waste and resource and need to be climate resilient and, you know, it's really, she's providing an amazing service.
0: Now at UAHQ, we also like to understand what other options members have considered before joining Undercover Architects program, as I am really passionate about Home Method being the go-to online program and community when designing, building or renovating your family home. So Sarah was asked whether she would considered any other options.
1: No, no. I don't think there's anyone like her in the market, to be honest. I don't think anyone. She has such a strong value set and such um, affinity with her homeowners. She's, you know, she's very, very clever person and she's very, I mean, her courses are really well structured and she's obviously put a lot of legwork into it and she's very, yeah, very thorough and comprehensive. And she's not trying to sell you something. She's she's trying to show you how you can have a better life, essentially, and how you can achieve the build you want. So she's in a great position of trust, and she deserves that. She's she's exceptional, and I think she's got that unique perspective because she is an architect. Um, you know, she's highly tertiary trained. She's had a lot of industry experience um, working for, you know, a big developer essentially. Um, So she's had a lot of exposure to a lot of things. So she can see the big picture and she can see where homeowners are falling over. And she's really providing, you know, an act of service in running her, her business, the Undercover Architect, to not just to the homeowners but also for sustainability and for the construction industry as well to lift their level of builders, you know, to get them on board Um, because a lot of builders struggle with this sort of stuff massively. They're taught their trade. They're not taught how to communicate with homeowners or their clients. They're not taught the the business background necessarily. Um, So a lot of them fall over and they don't know why. And I think a course like this can, you know, point them in the right direction, give them lots of tips as to how to avoid difficult situations and how to streamline their business and meet their clients' expectations and set the expectations also for the clients. So, yeah, she's doing remarkable work, really important work.
0: I know many of you listen to the podcast and perhaps feel that all of the info here is great and it's free, so you don't need to necessarily invest in further support and help from me, which is totally okay if working with me is not something that you want to do. Now, if you're weighing up, though, whether joining the paid program as opposed to going it alone or just actioning what you've been learning here on the podcast, you know, and you're trying to figure this out for yourself, this was Sarah's response as to why she decided to actually invest in the paid program.
1: I just thought it was value for money, to be honest. Um, It's all neatly wrapped up in a bow. Everything you want's there. Um, And it's it's a complete system. And I think it's it's great value for money. And I was happy to pay and there was a Facebook group and, you know, we got a little um, floor plan review, which was really useful at the time I was working on my own place. So it's good to get Amelia's feedback. And I actually implemented some of that feedback that she gave me. Um, and that's, yeah, a lot of people I think would like to work with her one-on-one and she probably doesn't have the time or people may not have the budget or whatever, but, during that course, they get to have Amelia review their floor plan and she just goes, boop, 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 changes, change that, no, start again, whatever. And, you know, she, she, she would have looked at hundreds and hundreds of floor plans and she's just like, tweak that, change that, look at this, you know. So, yeah, skilled eye.
0: Now it's perfectly understandable to have doubts before investing in something like the home method and Sarah was asked whether she actually had any doubts or concerns about going ahead.
1: Not really. I need the time factor because I'm a pretty busy person. Um, you always think that. Oh yeah, I'd love to do that, but have I actually got the time to do it? Probably. And it was. It didn't. It wasn't a big time commitment, and it was enjoyable. I think if you, if you're passionate and enjoying it, you know you're going to make it happen. If it aligns with your value set and what you're interested in, you're going to make the time to do it. Um, sometimes people pay for things like gym membership and they never rock up. Yeah, they do it out of, you know, because they should get fit or whatever. But, yeah, she made it really easy and the times were suitable and, yeah, and you could always, I think there were playbacks or catch-ups or something. If you missed something, you could go back. But I think you've got access for life to your little group um, from memory. But, yeah, so you can always go back and revisit the content if need be.
0: One of the things I love knowing is how members actually put their learning into action. And with Sarah being a builder, I was super curious to hear about what she's doing differently because of what she's learned from me.
1: Um, I refer to her room templates quite a bit, um, standard room sizes. Um, That was a really good tool. And the builder brief or the brief builder as well. Um, I get my clients to use that. so just pulls everything together at the front. We've got all the information at the outset and that makes a really big difference and it makes, it makes them think. Um, it's a really good tool.
0: I also love to know what mistakes their learning has actually helped members avoid. And so Sarah was asked if she's felt that what she's learned has actually helped avoid any mistakes or dramas with her clients and, and how that learning might have assisted that.
1: Definitely, definitely, because we set the expectations at the start and they'd had the opportunity to have a really good deep dive think um, using that brief builder of what they want to achieve. And so that sort of, that gives a snapshot of the job at the beginning and that that drives the project essentially Um, because it's everything on one document and we use that to, you know, do the design, do the finishes, do the budget, do this, that, everything else. So, yeah, it's like it's like a, I don't know, it's like the mission statement of the, of the build, I guess. This is, and we nail it down, this is what we're trying to achieve, this is what we're going to achieve. Yeah, it helps you drill down to what you're doing. So, yeah.
0: And lastly, Sarah was asked what her advice is to anyone who is sitting on the fence about joining the Home Method. This is what she said.
1: I would say you don't know what you don't know and go and do the course, because it will have an enduring impact on your life. It will have an enduring impact on your build, on the quality of your build, on the quality of your design, and it will improve your life. And you won't even you if you get it wrong, it's disastrous and you live with it forever. If you get it right, it's magic. So, Go and do it. I just think, yeah, like I said before, Amelia's doing work that really matters. I think it's it's a really um, straightforward, simple, uh, simple, comprehensive course um, to do. And that, yeah, anyone looking at building will benefit from it immensely. She should be very proud of herself. And I'm thankful and grateful for her.
0: It's incredibly humbling to hear someone like Sarah, who is a builder in the industry with loads of experience working with clients in the creation of their of their family homes, actually talk about Undercover Architect and her experience in this way. I want to extend a huge thank you to Sarah for sharing her insights and her member story. And I'll pop a link in the resources for you to check out Sarah's podcast interview with her. She's got some great insights to share as a builder that may be helpful for you as well in her episode in season 10. I hope that hearing from Sarah has actually helped you see how the home method might help you and whether it's going to be a good fit for your project planning and your journey. Now, if you have any questions at all about the home method, please feel free to DM me on Instagram or you can shoot me an email at hello at undercoverarchitect.com. I am really happy to be frank with you. You'll know if you've listened to Undercover Architect for any time that I don't mince words and tell you whether or not it's a good fit. And sometimes it's not, you know, um, or if I think that it will help and how it will help you. Now, that's it for episode 214, which is pre-design and the mistakes to avoid. Be sure that you tune into to the next episode. I'm going to be talking about the mistakes to avoid in the design phase, and I think you're going to find that super helpful. All the links for this episode, plus a full downloadable transcript, they can be found at www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 214. That's the numbers 214. If you'd like to grab that and then you can have it to review, you can print it out, put it away in your files and refer back to it later. And remember, you can jump onto the list for my free online workshop, The Four Universal Factors That Will Make or Break Your Project, which will be kicking off with in mid-October 2021. You can grab that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash four, the word four, F-O-U-R, for more information please share this podcast episode with family friends colleagues even strangers basically anyone that you know it may help so that we can get this information and knowledge into the ears and hands of as many homeowners as possible and improve their experience of designing building and renovating their family homes i love hearing the stories of those who found this podcast thanks to the generosity of another listener it is just awesome Now, if you haven't left a review on the Undercover Architect podcast, especially if you listen on iTunes, I would be so grateful if you please could. It really makes a difference in enabling this podcast to reach others that it can help. And it also ensures that I can continue to grow the podcast and get amazing guests and information on here as well. Be sure to tune in for our next episode, which lands each Tuesday morning, to access helpful information and education in your project journey so that you can get it right as you design, build or renovate your family home. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye.